The text for this morning's message will be found in Romans chapter 12. We have one more week here in these wonderful two verses, and then we're going to change courses a little bit for the month of December. But we'll be here for one more week to talk about something very important. As you're turning, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Probably a little different maybe than years before, uh, but still I hope the Lord blessed in it. We had a windy one. <laughs> it's the first time, I, I'm sure you had wind down here. Of course, we, we were staying up in Lake Arrowhead at a campground up there in the mountains. It's the first time, first experience I've ever had where the wind on the mountain was worse than it was down here. We're talking about 40, 45 constant with gusts of 65 to 75 miles an hour in a trailer that does not make for comfortable sleeping <laughs> when you're liable to get tossed out of bed because the trailer's shaking so much. We have a slide on the trailer and I was watching the slide move from the wind pushing it. So we're out there at 11 p.m. hooking the truck back up and hopefully hoping it doesn't fall off the jacks. Being thankful at the same time that the Lord is watching over us. We're going to talk about the mind this morning. And let me tell you, that night I had to get my mind right with God and His protection. <laughs> Praying, hey Lord, you know, this would be a really good Mark 4 moment. Peace be still, you know, with the wind and the waves. If you could just do that right now, it would be really good. <laughs> uh, but all that to say, we had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I pray that you did too. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 will be our text. So if you would turn your attention there for one more time this morning. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you would, let's bow our heads. Father, I ask that you uh, help us this morning as we come to the preaching of your word. Our minds are pulled many different ways, Lord. Remove the distractions that might be getting in the way, Lord, and the, the thoughts that would take our attention away. I ask that you help us even this morning to order our thoughts and pattern our thoughts after your word and you, Lord, and teach us how to do that, that we may act accordingly. Please move among us and in us as only you can. Change us where we need changing. Convict us where we need convicting, Lord, and strengthen us where we fail. Ask for your grace that I might say what is helpful and nothing more. And let your words speak above all. I thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. So the human brain is a pretty amazing thing. I've said it before many times, it amazes me, this little wrinkly lump of jello up here in our heads and what it can do and, and the abilities that it has. It's capable of so much. It's running your body right now. It's controlling your breathing without you thinking about it, except that I just said it, now you're probably noticing it. But it's been telling your heart to beat. You don't have to worry about that. It's maintaining your balance as you sit in the pews and it's telling you where the pressure points and if you need to shift your weight and if you have to go to the bathroom and if you're tired and all these different inputs that it's processing, it's doing that without you even thinking about it. It's converting what you hear into sounds that are words that you understand. It's 
pretty amazing what it can do. And it's designed so by God. I think it's something that is um, just amazing. But it does much more than just process facts or inputs and make outputs. It does something more than that. It's the part of our physical body that mixes with our soul and our spirit. You see, we're a triune being. We're made in the image of God. As God is a triune being, so are we. We have spirit and soul and body. And this physical part of our body, this this brain that we have, mixes with our soul and our spirit and it forms our thoughts. Not only do we process information, but we make decisions. We we, We process thoughts about it. See, you're hearing these words... And not only are you deciphering them, but in split seconds you're making decisions whether you like them or not. Or whether you like the pitch of my voice or the color of my tie or if it's too hot or too cold or if the seats are good or not. You're processing all of those things and you're making decisions on those. You're forming thoughts about them. And that happens in every single area of our life. Not only do we just see what's there and process the input in our brains, but we make thoughts, we form thoughts and make decisions about those things. And those strings of decisions, those strings of reactions that we make, they form our emotions and our feelings. If you think or you decide you like something, then you have positive emotions about it, like coffee. I like coffee. It's hot, it tastes good. I like to drink it. So my brain processes those, processes those good inputs and says, I have good emotions towards coffee. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We, we like something, so we form thoughts and we have a, a good feeling about it. Or we can do it on the negative, like fish. I don't know who would eat that. Who wants fish? It's gross. I tried it. Not, not for me. I make a decision because of what I think, and now that forms an emotion or a feeling there. And those two examples are just one of thousands, right, that we do on a daily basis. And all of that processing and that feeling and that deciding, that directly affects our actions, doesn't it? You see, what happens up here in our head controls what we do with our hands or what we do with our body, what we do with what we do. So I don't eat fish because I don't like it. And I drink coffee because I like it. And just run down the list and all the different ways that that could play out. You got up this morning and you got ready and you came to church because you thought it was important. And so you felt it was important. And so you acted, right? You show up because it's important to you. You practice these things in your life that we've been talking about over the past few weeks because you feel it's important. Or you don't. And it's all because of right up here. That's the subject this morning. The transformed mind. That's the subject here in verse 2 that Paul is hitting on. If you see, he says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is the central focus of the verse. The renewing of your mind. That word in Greek has to do with the intellect, the feeling part of us, the judging, the discerning, determining part of us, our mind. 
That's what Paul is hitting on. Now, he's already covered physical behavior when he says and uses the term living sacrifice. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. We've, we've spent four weeks on that. What we see and what we say, what we hear, what we do, where we go, that should all be used to glorify God, right? I should only allow things in my sight and in influence that glorify God. I should only allow things that come out of my mouth to glorify God, not tear down. And we, we, we've covered all those things in the past weeks. So Paul's already covered that physical part of, of being uh, faithful and holy and righteous. But when he comes to verse 2, he stops and he makes a special point. And he kind of drills down on the mind. Well, why does he do that? Listen, you can outline all the righteous behavior. I can give you a list of do's and don'ts. What you should do, what you should not do. But if the mind isn't right, none of that matters. If your thought processes are not where they need to be, then none of that is going to matter. You see, you will present yourself a living sacrifice. You will use your body to glorify Him and all that you have is Him and you'll say, yes, Lord, I'm here to serve you because you are great and wonderful. Or you will not because of what you think. Period. Make sense? You will either glorify God and serve Him or you won't because of what you think. You see, the battle for righteousness, the battle for holiness in your life, in my life, the battle for your commitment to Him is won or lost in the mind. Your mind. You know, we, we try to blame other people, right? We try to pass the buck and this is why or that is why and so-and-so is to blame. No, in the end, it's us. I stand responsible for my actions and my relationship with God. And the battle for my relationship with God and how it works out in, in, in my life is won or lost right up here. What do I think about what the Bible says? Because that thinking is going to lead to feelings, decisions, which will lead to actions. See, it's, it's won or lost right up in my mind. And the mind is very powerful, isn't it? As we've already shown, it's the direct source of behavior. It's what guides our actions in all areas of our life. The thoughts form feelings or, or decisions, and we act upon those feelings or decisions or emotions. And so it becomes very powerful and very important. And we could cover so many aspects of its power in our lives, right? We know the power of having a sound mind and how doubt and fear and worry can just mess up all kinds of things. Mind is pretty powerful in that way. We could, we could cover so many aspects of, of how the mind is powerful in our lives, but this morning I, I solely want to focus on our service to God. How does the mind factor in to our service to God and why is it so important? You see, our mind can be so powerfully transformed and so powerfully renewed that when fleshly thoughts or, or fleshly feelings come in, 
our spiritual mind can override and reform those thoughts and those feelings into something spiritual. So like when temptation comes along and there's a draw to something, our spiritual mind can say, nope, not going to do that because the Bible says this. So I'm going to take that feeling and that fleshly urge and I'm going to put it over here and say, Lord, forgive me, Lord, help me. It can take those fleshly things that come out of our mind or those fleshly feelings that come, from with, come within us, reform it and turn it into a spiritual righteous feeling or righteous emotion. And those spiritual thoughts and those spiritual feelings will produce righteous actions. You see, when temptation comes along, we don't have to follow it and sin. We can resist it and stay away from sin. But where does that battle happen? Right here, doesn't it? Right here. Somebody says something. Oh, and you want to snap back? And you want to say something? Whoa. You got a choice now in your mind. Let her rip, tater chip, and see what happens. It's probably not going to be right, is it? (laughs) You might feel good, but you might start a fire with your tongue kindled of hell. James chapter 3. We already talked about that. Or you can say, Lord, I really want to do this right now. There's this fleshly urge. Help me. And in your mind, that can turn to something where you have grace and restraint. And now you don't go down that road of sin. But it happens up here. That's the the main focus. It happens up here in your mind. Our mind can be so powerfully transformed and renewed that it overrides and reforms fleshly thoughts and feelings and temptations into something spiritual. Or, or, it can be conformed to the point that our feelings and thoughts are God. And God is at all times servant to our feelings and our thoughts. He must respect them, because after all, that's what I think. This is how God must act, because that's what I think. Deluding ourselves, fooling ourselves, into thinking we are righteous when we are not. Sounds pretty harsh, but I think it's true. In fact, quite frankly, that's the mental state of most professing Christians. We have a God of our own making. A God who is servant to us and our desires and our wishes. And that's led to the Sunday mornings I'll show up if I like it. I don't like the music, I'm out. I don't like the lighting, I'm out. I don't like pews, I'm out. I don't like a suit, I'm out. I'll show up if I like it. And the rest of the week, living lives that look and sound and act like the rest of the world. I mean, you got a few amens sprinkled in here and there. Lord, give me money. Keep it coming. Lord, give me health. But other than that, not much different. We've got goals that are the same and 
life paths that are the same and a witness that is impotent. Yet we sit back and praise ourselves in our safe, harmless, self-constructed Christianity. Yeah, that's pretty harsh, but I think that's pretty true. Or you could flat out don't care and face damnation. It all starts right here. What do you think of this? How do you process the Word of God and what it tells us? You either listen, you conform it to yourself, or you ignore. And that choice is made right here. And the choices that are made in our mind directly affect our actions. So you can see the importance of the need of a transformed mind, can't you? The garden is played out daily. Genesis 3 and all that happens there, the fall, that is, that is the, 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 the micro picture of humanity as a whole. That plays out in your mind probably several times a day. Temptation comes or something happens. And what do we say? Did God really say? Is that what God means? Satan comes along and tries to twist the word of God or tries to get our focus off him. Is that, is that really what it means? Well, that looks really good and surely God wouldn't hold. I really like that. Why won't God let me have that? And so we make the same choice as Adam and Eve. It's played out on a daily basis. And the same problem that caused Eve and Adam to fall is the same problem that causes us to fall a conformed worldly mind. So you see, we need to stop it at the source. The call here is to not be conformed, right? Verse 2, be not conformed to this world. Well, that's easy enough to understand, right? Think different than the world. We're not to be acting like or thinking like the world around us. We're supposed to be different because we are different. And the world has a very specific way of thinking now, doesn't it? Which produces a specific way of behavior. So turn with me. You can keep your finger here because we'll probably be back. But I want you to see some verses this morning. Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. So hook it right in the Bible. You go past First and Second Corinthians. You'll run into Ephesians. It's a pretty big book right after that. Ephesians chapter 2 is where I want to touch on here. And then we'll go to chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's see what the Bible has to say about a worldly mind. A mind that is conformed to this world. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 says, You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Well, that's Satan. And the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation. You remember that term from last week's message? Lifestyle, manner of life, our behavior. We all lived in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the, what's that next word? Mind. We all lived in a fallen state, a dead state, fulfilling desires of the flesh and the desires of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. 
But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You used to be dead in sin, walking according to your own lusts, serving whatever came into your own mind. But God changed you, right? You were saved, made alive in Christ. Ephesians chapter 4. Go over just a couple pages. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. Don't live as the world lives in the vanity or futility of their mind. The world walks in futility. Having the understanding darkened. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. It's a blinded, vain mind that this world has. The things they do, they do without understanding. They do it as if they're in the dark. Just Serving whatever comes along. Go to the book of Colossians. So keep turning right and you'll, you'll run into it in, after Philippians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 21. Notice here there's a very important connection. Verse 21, Colossians 1, 21, it says this, And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. How were you enemies of God in your mind? By the works that you did. Started in your mind and it was shown by wicked works. Yet now He hath reconciled in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, and irreprovable in His sight. You see the descriptors there as, as the Bible is detailing for us the worldly mind? The worldly mind that produces worldly behavior is a dead mind. You are dead in sins and trespasses, serving whatever came into your mind. It's a mind that serves vanity. It's one that is an enemy or in opposition to God. And it has as its focus one thing. Self. Self. In fact, in the worldly mind, everything is run through the filter of self. Even quote-unquote good things. It's all about me. How does it benefit me? Is it what I want? Do I want to do this? Do I like this or not? Because in the end, I do what I want. <laughs> That's the law of the world, isn't it? I do what I want and what's best for me. It should not surprise you that that is all over some very dark things. I believe it was a guy named Aleister Crowley who coined the phrase, do what thou wilt, that is the whole of the law. If you don't know who that is, you do your research later. Do whatever you want. That's the law. Why on earth would a Christian act like that? Why would we want to do that? 
Why would we think that way? Yet so many do. Self is number one. And it's shown and made evident by our actions. We need to realize, beloved, if you truly know Christ as Savior, you've been saved from that way of thinking. We've been saved from ourselves, from sin, from opposition and disobedience. And we've been born again from being dead and a vain mind and an enemy of God to a new and living hope, a new and living purpose. And that is serving Christ, which, by the way, is ironically more self-fulfilling than anything else you could ever do on this earth. (laughs) Is to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is who you are, Christian. So we need to start thinking that way and therefore acting that way. Does that make sense? That is who we are. And the Greek here points to that. You don't have to turn back, but let me tell you what Romans 12.2 says. Be not conformed to this world. That word conformed is a little bit deeper than just acting the same. That's what we think, right? Don't act the same as the world. Now, I don't often quote commentaries, but here it's helpful. And I ask that you track with me because sometimes when I know how it can be when I start quoting something, all you hear is wah, 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 wah. Now, stay with me here because it's pretty, pretty insightful. This is from Weiss Commentary. Quote, the word conformed in Greek is sun schematizo. Two words, sun schematizo. Schematizo refers to the act of an individual assuming an outward expression that does not come from within him nor is it representative of his inner heart life. Let's stop there for a second. You understand what he's saying? It's like putting on a mask, putting on a show. That's what the part of this Greek word conformed means. Again, quoting, the prefix soon adds to the meaning that the assuming of the expression is patterned after some definite thing, namely the world. And Paul uses the word not to forbid the continuance of the action going on. Paul is exhorting the saints, stop assuming an outward expression which is patterned after this world, an expression which does not come from, nor is it representative of what you are in your inner being as a regenerated child of God. One could also translate it this way, stop masquerading in the habits of this world. End quote. Make sense? Stop acting like the world. Like literally. Stop putting on this show because it's not who you are. The worldly way of thinking is not who we are as born-again Christians. We are changed from that, aren't we? From a dead mind to one that is alive. From one that serves vanity in darkness and blindness to now being illuminated to the light of God's Word and knowing the truth of God's Word. Now we don't serve vanity, we serve the Savior. So when we start to act like the world, we are not acting like who we are. In fact, it should feel different to us. There should be something off about it. Like, this isn't me. Unless your heart is so hard that it feels right at home. No, we must put it off. 
We must shut off the influence. Remember? Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Maybe we need to turn off the world which is influencing our mind and therefore influencing our actions. And stop thinking the same as the world which produces the same behavior because it's not who we are. No, we are not to be conformed. We are transformed, right? Isn't that what the Scripture says? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have a whole new life, a whole new way of living now. And it's all about Christ. We've got different patterns of thinking. Like when you got married, there was a change there, wasn't, wasn't there? Before you used to be concerned about yourself and then you get married and now you have a spouse. Or your thinking patterns change when you have kids. Now you've got another way of thinking, another way of acting and living. It's the same, beloved, with our service to God, only on a much larger scale. I serve a Savior who has given His life for me. And now He holds sway over all of my being. I am God's child. He is my Father. And I serve Him. I live for Him now. So, as a husband, I'm going to live for Him. As a father, I'm going to live for Him as an employee, as a citizen, all of that under the umbrella of serving Him. Do you think that way in your life? You see, our thought process is to be transformed. We are not to be conformed to the world, but we are to be transformed. So your spirit that was once dead in sin is now made alive by God. And it holds an influence over you. Your spirit along with your soul, which God is working to make holy, mixes with this physical part of your body to process those thoughts spiritually now. Not fleshly. Spiritually. And to produce spiritual and righteous feelings and righteous decisions which will produce spiritual behavior. If your mind's right. I mean, that's how it should be. Transformed thinking leads to transformed behavior. You read the truth of the Word. You hear the Bible. Whether it's you're reading it or it's preached. And the, the Spirit illumines your eyes and shows, man, this is, this is what's right. I'm supposed to act like this. This is what God wants me to do now. And the Holy Spirit takes that truth to your word and to your mind and, and it, it lodges there. Thy truth have I, hidden the, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119, right? Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's what it's talking about. That the, the, the word shows us how we should act. So we read the truth of the word and I begin to know what is right. Because I know it, then I make decisions based off of that. I do this or I do that or I don't do this, I don't do that because I know what is right. Even if the world says different. Even if the world questions. How could you go to church? Don't you know what's going on? And this and that. And don't you have other stuff to do? And even if the world questions. I say, no. I'm going to make this decision and do this action because I know what is right. My thinking has been transformed. And so it leads to transformed actions. Sometimes I have to do that even if I feel differently. Does that make sense? 
Do you think our own feelings can get in the way of righteous behavior? Sure they can. You know, I'm kind of I'm kind of tired. <clears throat> Would have been nice to sleep in this morning and lay around and watch Christmas movies and have coffee and lay under a blanket. That would have been really nice. But there's some things I know that is right in my head. And so that, even if I don't feel like it, that needs to take precedence. And no, I'm getting up, I'm putting on my clothes, and I'm going to church because I know that is right for me to do. Sometimes we have to even overcome our own feelings. In fact, in Proverbs 16, in verse 3, it says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Do what you know what you need to do, and your feelings will follow. Sometimes that's how it works, right? We have to overcome the fleshly thoughts and the fleshly feelings that are within me and do what I know is right. The failure comes in our lives when we don't. Let's be honest. We know. We know what is right. We know what we should do, what we shouldn't do. We know and we flat out decide not to do it. That's the failure, isn't it? We decide, nope, I'm not going to. And we let the flesh have control. And the world have influence over our thinking. And so it produces the wrong behavior. Don't forget Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Don't let that happen. You need to control that. I need to control that. Transformed thinking. Because now I'm totally different than when I used to be. I'm a new person in Christ. Living for Him with His Holy Spirit within me. I need to be doing what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Casting down imagination or human reasonings. Every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Do you do that? Or listen now. Do you bring every scripture, every righteous deed, everything that has to do with God and the church into subjection to your thought? Your feelings and your decisions. No, don't do that, beloved. You're different now. You've been transformed by His saving grace. You need to start thinking that way. Transform your mind. Don't conform it to the world. Here's what we need. We need to understand this is a battle that we all face. The flesh versus the Spirit fighting for control. And we need a renewal. That's what Paul says. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word means renovation, like a total change for the better. As our, our person is conformed more and more to Christ and to, to His divine image. Maybe you need to be reminded of that this morning because I need to be reminded of it every day. Be reminded of the heavenly places that Christ has raised you up to. You were dead, but now you are alive in Christ. You were walking in vanity, but now you are walking in light. You were lost, but now you are saved. Be reminded of the heavenly places Christ has raised 
you to, of the help that He has given to you. Be reminded that as you willingly and thoughtfully and habitually yield to the Holy Spirit, like you let Him have control, that you let the Holy Spirit guide your mental process, He'll put sin out of your life, He'll produce fruit within you, and you will be transformed. So like the problems you're going to have tomorrow morning, you know what a good way to do is? A good way to handle those things are? Say, Lord, I need help. Help me in the decisions I'm about to make, whether it's in the next few seconds or at the end of the day or the end of this week. Lord, I need help. I need guidance. And seek Him in your thoughts. Or, Lord, I'm really dealing with this, or I'm dealing with that. Lord, I need help. Help me to make the right decisions. And He will work in you and transform you for the better, not for the worse. Always and abundantly for the better. I need that renewal daily. I need that transforming of my thinking daily. Because it's pretty easy to get bogged down by the everyday. It's pretty easy to be held captive to negative thoughts and feelings, which, by the way, what do you think is going to produce? Negative action. It's easy to let the flesh draw and influence me. I need the daily renewal that I have been set free from some things. Free to live in Christ. Let's work our back way back just through two passages and we'll be done. Colossians, you're already there, chapter 3. Look at verse 1. Colossians 3 and verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection or your intellect, your thinking, on things above and not on things of earth. For you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. He goes on to say how our lives should change. Look at verse 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. You are transformed. You're different now. Verse 10, have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. You see, we have a new man, a new way of thinking that we put on. And you know what? We've got to do that daily. It's easy to go back to the flesh. It's something we need to be reminded of each day. Lord, help me today. Help me to put on this new man, this new way of thinking, this new way of living. Go back to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4 and 22. Actually, verse 20. Remember we read already that you're not to walk as the Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, that they're being past feeling, they're in darkness. Verse 20, But ye have not so learned Christ, you know better. Why? Christ has shown you the light. If so be that you have heard Him and you've been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning, concerning the former conversation, the former lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. See, we need to be renewed in our ways of thinking, and we need to do that daily. 
All that to say, each day, you know what you got to do? You got to make a mental decision. I'm going to serve God today. I'm going to be obedient to Him today. I'm going to choose to show grace. I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm going to choose to speak kindly. I'm going to choose to be a witness. I'm going to choose to honor Him in my decisions and show Him in my actions. Lord, help to transform my thinking that will transform my actions. Beloved, transformed living comes because of transformed thinking. It starts and ends up here. And if our mind is not right with God, if our mind is not following Him and making godly decisions, then we're going to be failing. But if it is transformed and following the Spirit and the truth of Scripture, then that is going to come out in our actions. But as always with everything that I say, that's up to you. I know how this has hit me and where I fail. And by the way, we all need repentance sometimes, don't we? I need to admit that I'm wrong. Yeah, you know what? I, I've, I've messed up on some things. Lord, help me and turn me away from that. We all need to repent. We all need help in this area, but I can't do that for you. You can't say, well, pastor's living a kind of godly life and that's going to rub off on me. No, it doesn't work that way. You can hear all that we said and you can think what you want. You can say, yes, you know what? I need to put that in place. Now walk out these doors and do your best Think the way God wants you to think and make godly decisions and you'll reap the blessings for it. Or you can walk out this door and make the wrong decision based on wrong thoughts and I cannot stop you. I can only plead that you don't. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed. You may think it's not a big deal, but there's a danger here. I just want to end with this thought. There's the danger of Demas, and not San Demas, like D-I-M-A-S. Demas, D-E-M-A-S. It's a man in Scripture. Paul names him in a couple different books. In Colossians, he's telling the church hi. He says, hey, say hi. Luke is with me, and so is Demas. We say hi to everybody. In the letter to Philemon, Paul says, hey, Demas is here with me, and he's a co-laborer, a fellow laborer for God with me. The last letter that Paul writes is 2 Timothy chapter 4. He's awaiting death. He's in a Roman dungeon, waiting to be beheaded. Here's what he says at the end of the letter. 2 Timothy 4.10 Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. How do you go to from a co-laborer and there with Paul, of all people, on the mission field, doing the work of God, to out? I'm gone. Conformed thoughts, which led to conformed actions, and the battle was lost. And it's a cycle I've seen too oft repeated. Oh, other things can be blamed, other people can be blamed, but in the end, the battle is won or lost in our mind. The decisions that we make and we stand accountable for. So don't do the same. You need to get your mind right with God. You need to silence the outside influences. Silence yourself if need be and listen to Him. 
What does God want me to do? It starts right there in every area from salvation on. You know people don't get saved because they don't think they need to be? They hear of hell, they hear of damnation, they hear of judgment for sin, and they think, I don't like that. They think, I don't need that. Does that change the fact of our sin before a righteous, holy, almighty God? No, it doesn't. So you see, as humanity, there's some things we need to lay aside and accept. Lord, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. You need to get your mind right. From baptism and yielding our lives to showing up to church to taking it outside the doors and how we act in our life. All areas that we've been speaking of. It starts right here. Right here. Transformed thinking, not conformed thinking. So I pray that you would let your mind be led by God this morning. You take... You take all this information and you let the Holy Spirit guide you to make the right decision. Can I just say this? With all of my being, every fiber of who I am, that's not the wrong decision. That's always the right decision to let God guide. It's never for your worse. It's always for your better. Isaiah 26.3 Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. There's such peace and contentment and stability if we would just let our mind be transformed and to follow God. I pray that you would do the same this morning. Let's bow our heads. Father, you know how this impacts each individual here, Lord. I know how it has impacted my life, and I, I pray for strength and for a willing decision to let you guide in all of my thoughts. In all of my decisions and all of my thoughts, Lord, please take preeminence in those that I might act righteously because of a transformed mind. Help me where I fail there, Lord, as I do so often. Lord, look upon the hearts of each here and lead as you see fit with your Holy Spirit that they would make the right decisions, Lord, even if it be for salvation and yielding and humbling and asking for forgiveness and salvation in your Son, Lord. I pray that they would do that just now. Or if it's honoring you and the choices that we make in how we serve you, Lord, whatever the need may be, I pray that you would meet that now and you would strengthen and draw in that. Do the work I cannot do by your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would move among us just now. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.